Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot these two. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. What is going on, you guys? Happy Friday. Happy hour. Ashley, it's been so long. How the hell are you? How was your weekend? True. It has not been so long. It's we been long. every day. We were texting last night. We were hostile this morning. We text every day. <laughs> yes, but it's been so long since I've heard and seen your face in fluid motion form. Okay? So it feels fluid, like it's been a long time. Fluid motion is the key word because I was going to say I posted a photo last night so you saw my face and all you got to do is turn on the podcast, listen to my voice. So And we're also in a friend's Snapchat group so we see each other's face there. So yes, we see each other often. Um, well, I want to start by saying we had a very special birthday in one of the uh, side guest characters in our life this past week. A very special little girl. <laughs> a very special little girl, not to be confused with my own birthday, which was a few weeks ago, which we already talked about. So we're not talking about that today. We're talking about an even more important birthday. A little lady that goes by the name of... Drum roll, please. Bambini the weenie dog. I love her so much. She is the wiener dog that lives in my building at Sky House and I walk her every single day around lunchtime and she knows all my secrets and the other day she turned two years old and I did not know this until her owner posted a birthday post for her dog and I was like you didn't tell me it was Bambi's birthday. I would have gotten her like a dog cookie or something yeah. for her special day. But yes, she is two years old. I love her so much. I saw her just before this actually. You know what you should start awesome. doing? Start walking her over to Starbucks and getting a little pup cup of some little whipped cream. Oh, they, that's They go true. nuts for that, dogs. Yeah, I could totally do that. I'll make sure to run it by her owner and make sure that it's approved by her. She's throwing up and has diarrhea all over the bedroom when you, <laughs> when you leave her alone. <laughs> She's like, what happened? <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, special little lady in our lives, a new, a new cast member. We don't know how long she'll be in the season, but... <laughs> In this season of our lives, well, hopefully forever and ever. But we'll post a picture of her on. Well, the you're not gonna Instagram. you're not gonna adopt her yourself, so not forever and ever. You're right, <laughs> forever while I live here, maybe. Yeah. So this episode, we are going to do a couple recaps of our weekends because Ashley and I both had fun weekends. We're also reading Run Rose Run. So if you've been part of our semi-official book club and you've been reading what? along, it ebbs so and fun. flows. Right now, we're super official. Every two or half and a half weeks or so. Right. Sometimes we're every two and a half months. Because sometimes <laughs> we read different books. And we yeah. Like, we kind of just do it on our own terms, but yes. Yeah. But if you've read Run, Rose, Run or you plan to read, come back and listen to this episode because it's going to be some good discussion. And then also um, we're going to get into mindset about working out specifically because I posted a TikTok recently that was about this. And I feel like everyone struggles at some point or another with their fitness journey and their body image and all that good stuff, which is just an evergreen topic because girlies know how hard it is. We do be comparing ourselves to others on the internet. So we're going to talk about that as well. Thank you. I feel like I'm in 11th grade again and you sit down on a Monday and the English teacher tells, lines out what you guys are going to do this week in <laughs> class. Tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. I see that you're wearing your Be Nice shirt today. Um, it says Be Nice in blue and red letters across the front. And every time she wears it, Abby tells me it's her reminder to be yeah. <laughs> nice in her daily life. I needed a little reminder today. <laughs> yeah, Lord knows you need it. Um, okay, so want to go ahead and get kick things off with your weekend? Verity vibes? Sure. Yes. Lake. Verity vibes. I drowned my son in a lake. No, I'm just kidding. I, um, I had a really fun weekend. I spent it with my boyfriend's friends. We went to Lake Cumberland, if you're familiar with the Dustin Lynch song. Um, yeah, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Why? I got what a bone. My bone is that they say Cumberland Lake, but everyone isn't it actually called Lake Cumberland. So I found out upon further research, because I had to know, that it's actually interchangeable. Oh, okay. So there's not another secret hidden no, and it's Cumberland a Lake huge, up north. Huge lake, like thousands of miles long or something crazy. Well, it's the Cumberland River. Yes, but it's right? not the river. This is the lake. The Cumberland River runs through But Nashville. I'm sure it attaches. Yeah. 
Um, no, well, that's lovely. <laughs> they're not attached. There's no so. way there's two separate. Well, I'm going to do some background research. Anyways, we don't care about geography. <laughs> but how was the water quality compared to other lakes in our lives? It was really... Was it warm? Nice. Yes, it was warm, but not as warm as Lake Gunnersville, probably because Gunnersville Lake is so much smaller, so it's easier to get warmed up. This Gunnersville is like a hot tub. It's literally so warm. But no, this was, I'm used to like West Coast, you know, first of all, the ocean on the Pacific Coast is freezing, and then all the lakes in Washington State yeah. are Our also lakes here freezing. are cold too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was warm, but not too warm, not bath water specifically. Um, but I did get absolutely whipped on the inner tube. And that inner tube. I was going to ask, what sports did you do? It was horrifying. It was smaller than the tube we normally do with Emery's family. And we, I was on there with like grown ass adult men, which, you know. It's not safe because no. they can knock you around. They can knock your head on it's accident. It's so scary. And Miller's giant man foot kept coming down on my shin every time we would bump on the thing. And I have a fat bruise on my shin because his foot just kept smacking it. And that's then why, at that's why point, I have to wake this. It's like a dog with a bone. That's why at the lake this past time I said, I'm sorry, I am not getting on the tube with Jeff. Jeff is like a tree trunk and I'm too small and his big man limbs will hurt me. Yeah. Nothing was funnier though than looking, being on the boat and looking back and seeing three giant grown men squooshed on one inner tube. It was hilarious. But um, one way that people like to bond is when you have a little bond with the driver his name was Jared. He was like, ha ha, I'm going to whip you off the tube. And I was like, no, please don't. Like, I don't want to break my bones. And he said, I'm going to anyway. And I was on with this other boy named Logan. And we he whipped us so hard. I was on the higher end of the tube when it flipped. So I like flew farther in the air. And it was like I belly flopped, but on my face. Like my face smacked the side of the water. And this is my moneymaker. This face this million dollar face that just got signed to a modeling agency. I was like, are you joking? I can't smack my face on this water and bruise myself and give myself a concussion. But after a while, the pain went away and I took some Advil and sucked it up like a good boy. Where are all the other women? I, all I hear is all these men on the tube and you. <laughs> Three men I and a baby. Went, well, I went on with Paige. Gabby and Emily did not choose to get on the tube for whatever reason. Um, but you know me. I'm just like a water sports yeah. girly. I'm just one of the bros. Did they have any other toys? Um, No, not. There was too many people on the boat and it was like so chaotic and everyone was drinking. And like, honestly, I get really scared about water sports and people drinking, to be honest, because I'm like, I don't know how responsible these people are. There's so many people were on the water, like boats everywhere, jet skis everywhere. I'm like, this is chaos waiting to happen. Like, I was really nervous the whole time. So. And that's a sign that we're getting older too, that we're like, you know, we like have to be so careful. I was saying a silent prayer. have to be aware. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to do anything about it because I'm going to keep drinking on this boat. But silently in my head, I was like, please, dear Lord, like watch over us and keep us safe. Like I'm yeah, so scared yeah, right yeah. now. No, <laughs> I understand. We're getting older every year and it, maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's it kind of terrifying. But Did you take it. my suggestion? And if you didn't, you're a damn fool. I said <laughs> that you should tell everyone because it was all co- it was couples retreat 20, 2004. I don't know when it came out. Couples retreat. <laughs> and I said, why don't you tell all of them to pair up with each other and do a talent show? I did actually. A I actually, show and it didn't work. I made that suggestion. Well, the issue was we ended up going to a marina that was really far away for dinner, and then there was a wait at the marina. So it, by the time we got back to the house, it was way too late for anyone to like be exciting and like play drinking games. So we ended up just watching Shrek and going to bed. <laughs> I guess that's all right. It's, it was a Saturday night, so who am I to talk? But um, if we had gotten back earlier, I really do think the the talent yeah. show could have played out because people were kind of getting into it. Like I was trying to rally up the troops. No, totally, totally, totally. Um, well, that's really fun. Anything else about the lake? Um, did you go diving no. for sticks, or rocks? <laughs> did you do I practice mean, that was, diving? That was pretty much it. I did not practice my diving. Um, but I can say I got in and out of the water like a thousand times because it was so damn hot outside. It's yeah. crazy. Free swim. Anyways, um, how was your weekend? Give me the lowdown. I, as we all know, Abby and I like country music. You know, we're no stranger to it. No stranger. I went to a Kenny Chesney concert and I had kind of some sort of spiritual awakening, maybe sexual, um, like Carrie Underwood. <laughs> maybe I have a newfound, I already love Kenny Chesney, obviously. He's been around for 25 years or whatever. Mr. I Charisma. have such a newfound love for him. I can't begin to describe it because <laughs> the so 
enthusiasm he puts into his performance. The way that his shirt was soaked through with sweat by the fourth song, maybe the fifth, and just his energy is off the charts. Off the charts. You didn't tell me how his energy was literally off the charts. This man, 30 – no, sorry. Three minutes in to his set, drenched yeah. in sweat. Tank top's a different color. Insane. Yes. And I'm wondering how many of those tank tops he has on tour. <laughs> Does he trash no. each one after he's done? What Does I'm he ever saying wash is I saw, him, I saw him in Nashville a few months ago, and I'm like, this man has enough money. Get him a new shirt. Let's get a costume change. I think he likes I'm it. What? And then um, he is – I was obviously doing research after because I can't of help. Of course. He is like one of the top 10 richest country singers – almost 200 million net worth and he is one of the only new country singers that's the richest like the other richest are people like garth brooks reba McIntyre. he's like one of the middle-aged ones like he that's because he's a hit machine all he writes are hits i know tim mcgraw doesn't write his songs but he still performs only hits like he's not that rich i don't understand what blake shelton isn't that rich somehow kenny chesney and also he has no kids he doesn't really have any uh, ex-wives. I mean, Renee Zellweger was like four, four or five months. I didn't uh, even know they were together ever. <laughs> they were married for literally four months, and then she got it annulled. And that's when her started flying that he was gay, and that's why she left him. Oh, and then she came out. She was like, "How dare you guys say that he's not Aww, gay?" She defended like, him. Yeah, she's like, "Don't start spreading rumors just because we got divorced, and I'm his only wife." But yeah, he later said that he wasn't ready for marriage, plain and simple. Okay, well, you know what? That's that's an honest king. Yeah, I respect that fully. <laughs> he said because he who really is ready for marriage? Probably no one. Like, if we are all being honest, with he ourselves. said he has a box that is his life and his best friends, his family. People go in that box, and when he got married, it just wasn't the right time to put a marriage in that box. This is the issue. I'm so terrified of everything. Uh, I have I a box too. Like, no matter what, like. I've heard from like a lot of married couples. It's like no matter what, no matter how much in love you are or how ready you think you are, like you still kind of feel like you're jumping off a cliff, like no matter what. And I don't think I want to jump off a cliff unless it's with you. <laughs> Hell. Hell. <laughs> but also I just love his whole shtick of like, you know, no shirt, no shoes. We're in the Keys. We're in the no Virgin service. Islands. Yeah. All of that nonsense. And I'm going to buy you his no sh- – is it no shoes nation? I'm going to buy you his flag. No shoes nation. Is that – Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of No Shoes Nation merch flying around, and there was a lot of middle-aged dads with their beer gut hanging out, and people were just taking off their clothes. And I was okay, like, mine wasn't that bad because it was in Los Angeles, but okay. it was still, yeah. <laughs> the way that age. you have to say Los Angeles instead of LA. No, well, one time I told someone that, and they said Louisiana, and I said, no. Who do you no. think Yeah. You know what's um, funny is whenever I introduce myself, people are always like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, Washington State. I have to say Washington State, and then they say, like, D.C., and I say, no, like the state. <laughs> Also, I missed my girl Carly Pierce. She's kind of the reason I ended up going because I looked at Brandon Lee Carly Pierce performing and then I didn't even end up seeing her. Oh, you missed but, it? Yeah. But after you told me she wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah. Well, after I saw you, her at CMA Fest, which was like a weird one-off thing that she did. She didn't even do like a full set. Well, she sang I also, one song. I looked up her set list and um, was she, she was singing? only doing like – it was like newer stuff. It, it was very few things that I'm like passionate about. And then I got to see Old Dominion, who I love. I forget that I love them. I'll say I it. I love them. I think Dan and Shay are an embarrassment to country music. Okay. I, I think so silly. I can't stand them. What? You are such a hater about Dan mm-hmm. and Shay. I'm not, I'm by no means like a big fan. Like I don't really stand them. I never like choose them out of my country playlist. But like why do you hate them so much? Because I thought they were fine. But then seeing them perform live, I think that they're honestly just like really silly um <laughs> what about them their, silly like Please, with his long me. hair and his like modern like it's just like too pop for me like it's kind of okay. like and he they're from like pennsylvania and he used to write for um someone like jay-z he like did an album with him like he just fell into country music it's not like other people where it's like okay. this is my hope and dream and i write country music and i love country music and it's all i've ever wanted i feel like yeah. he, this was like what niche of genre can i fit into oh there's an open and an opening in country i'll fill it yeah. and so like he came and then immediately after was kenny chesney's explosive first song and it's just so different 
Yeah, that's very true. I think it's cool that Kenny has like three openers for himself though. Like yeah. what a flex. Oh, and then also I don't respect a country singer that can't play an instrument. And I think one of them can't play anything. He just runs around singing with his um, bomber jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot tell me you're running around singing in your bomber jacket and you can't play an instrument. Yeah, that's kind of a disgrace. Like most can at least play simple guitar. Me sitting here who can't play an instrument myself. Yeah, but you're like, not trying to be a, a disgrace. You're trying to be an influencer. And you're you right. can take a picture. So there you go. <laughs> and hell yeah. So I just think that they like were trying to fill some holes and I would have wished that I had seen Carly instead of Dan and Shay. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. But Kenny, okay. I'm obsessed with. And if anyone ever goes to SoFi Stadium, buy literally the cheapest ticket and then go stand on the bottom floor at the bar that's there and no one's checking. No one cares. Full Good open to know. Access. You heard it here first, folks. Full open access at that stadium. No one gives two shits about where you bought your ticket for. <laughs> Good to know. I love when stadiums yeah. are like that. Just yeah. see what we can get away with. Yeah. My favorite way to live. <laughs> that is your favorite way to live it was built for you but um that was really fun i went to country bar on friday night that was nice um the singer reminded me of still water almost famous um <laughs> still water <laughs> almost famous um, we've seen actually a lot of the eagles and rolling stone too and then oh, wow. dinner party on sunday my favorite thing to do can't wait to what was kids. that for was it someone's birthday it was my friend's 24th birthday and she was like what should I do and I was like if you want to and you help like me out a little bit you lend some hands I'll do a whole show for you I'll do a dinner party so yeah was it was really me. pretty all the yeah. the table setting and the cake and the food of it all come over Southwest is having a sale I'll throw a dinner party for a party at two <laughs> please I'm begging <laughs> please I'm begging um but that's so lovely that's all lovely which is great because I don't have many plans this weekend <laughs> Yeah, me either. It's also supposed to be rainy in Nashville this weekend, so I'm just going to, like, chill for a minute. I don't see anything. Today I was telling Miller – Because it calms me down. Yeah. (laughs) Today I was telling Miller how I think it would be really nice just to sleep for 24 straight hours. Like, how do I make that happen? (laughs) Um, That's why sometimes it's nice when you kind of, like, end up, like, getting a little bit sick and it's a weekend because then you don't feel guilty (laughs) for staying in – you don't feel guilty for staying in bed. It's like, oh, I'm sick. And, yeah. like, I'm just going to read all day and watch Cheaper by the Dozen in Uptown Girls. Normalize pretending to be sick in your 20s when you just <laughs> really just need to not have plans for a minute and you need to just, and like, take a breather. Well, also, and you don't feel guilty, like, oh, man, I didn't make any plans. Like, I have to utilize every waking second of my youth and my hotness. If the sun's out, I can't be inside. So that's why no, I'm literally, that's why I'm, like, like, so thankful rain. it's raining all weekend. Oh, I wish. I I don't know if I'm too late, but I need to see the Elvis movie still. Do you think it, it's still in theaters? It for sure is. And guess what? I still need to see Top Gun. I said <laughs> Okay, you're like really behind. <laughs> I know, I know. I said, America, great, I'll go alone in Nashville. And instead we end up seeing um not the time rush, five seconds of summer. <laughs> I was just planning for that to be my allotted America movie time. The time rush. Yeah. America movie time. And instead we saw five seconds of summer. So still a show, still American. Different kind of show. Different kind of show, different kind of America. But um <laughs> I need to see that. I need to see Elvis. I need to see. Oh my gosh, there's another like super pro- Oh, the crawdads. I need to find out oh where Oh my god, yes, where that's the one. To find out where that's they're singing. The one. Where are the crawdads singing? I need to know. <laughs> and then someone recently told me there's a psychological thriller out called I think The Black Phone and they said it was actually really good. Not Okay, dumb. I've heard terrible reviews. Okay, no, the they said phone. it wasn't bad at all and it's summertime so you know, spooky movie summer. Okay. Spooky movie. Um, who cares? And then I can tell I'm getting backed up because before you know it it's going to be time for the Harry Styles movie. And what is that movie called? Do we know? Don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. Yes, I'm really excited for that one. And There's then also in an addition, A24 movie coming out that looks good too. I'm surprised that the Harry Styles one isn't A24. It seems like the type. Yeah. Um. Additionally to all of this, two days ago the Shania Twain documentary came out on Netflix, and I will be viewing that this weekend as well. So in case anyone's a Shania girl, go check you, out your Netflix. Did I already sent you the TikTok, and it was like you tell me how Kaya from Where the Crawdads Sing is running it's around covered in, a marsh. in Reformation. Oh no, no, no! This one was different. Is running around a marsh for twenty-four years or whatever, dirty and with no socialization, and she has two more boyfriends than I've ever had. Oh yeah. <laughs> She doesn't know how – she has no social skills, no family, no friends, lives alone. And then the first Two comment boyfriends. the first comment that was pinned was like, what's his name? Chance? Chase? Chase is no panty dropper. <laughs> I love the I term love, panty dropper. Yeah, I was about to so say, funny. let's start. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it on home. All right. So, so funny. 
Should we get into, since we've completely flipped the script, do you want to do the book first? Yeah, yeah. Let's continue on this content train that we're on. There's so much to consume. Content is king. So I think it's safe to say also that our next book that we're going to read, then can we say is 28 Summers? You're going to go to the library this weekend. Sure, yeah, if they have it. I hate when I go to the library and they like don't have it. I freak out. I'm like, what do you mean? You're like throwing books <laughs> off the shelves and they're calling the security guard. I'm flipping the desk. I'm like, what do you mean? I you don't told, have it? I told um my friend if you I don't know if your library when you were a little kid had the summer reading program. Is anyone yes. familiar? That sound that's really ringing a bell deep oh my in the gosh. back of my brain. Yeah, all summer long, and you go and you like tell them summaries of the books you read, and they give you a stamp, and then you get like prizes. Well, I was telling my friend <laughs> that in order to promote literacy in adults, and I know the government has money to burn, they should have a program for adults where you <laughs> read like two books over the summer, and you like go to the library. And I don't know how you prove it, and then they give you like a Starbucks gift card or like movie tickets. Oh, that's cool. That's because a really how many wholesome adults, idea. Yeah, how many adults are really going to do it unless you're in your 20s or you're elderly? Same True. same demographic is 20s and 60 plus. <laughs> <laughs> and they just give you like a $10 Starbucks gift card or a movie ticket for free. Yeah. I think it would so be true. cute. That's such a good idea. You should bring it up to the government, Ashley. <laughs> After <laughs> yeah, the next board meeting. <laughs> I don't know who to tell. So um, our next book is 28 Summers. And our current book, we're about to do some spoilers, is Run, Rose, Run, Dolly Parton, James Patterson. And the newest question in America, the conspiracy theory in America, is how James Patterson is the most modern or the most successful modern writer. And I think like the richest, yet his writing style is subpar. Yes. Okay. I've heard of James Patterson before. I don't know that I've read any of his books. I might have, honestly, and just like not They're really all, realized like, thriller it. Vibes. I do love thrillers. But this book, I don't know if it's Dolly's influence, Queen Dolly. Like, I don't want to slander her name, but there was a lot of parts in this book that I was like, this seems really elementary, the type of well, writing that I'm going through. There's an actual conspiracy that James Patterson is a, has a ghostwriter, ghostwriters. <laughs> Um, and he's not no. even like, doing that much writing. But my other question is, did Dolly actually put pen to paper or did James Patterson write it? And she was like, you should include these details. The storyline right. should be this. You actually write it. I want to know to what degree she had an influence. Do you think there's probably like some interviews on the internet somewhere where they explain Maybe. that process? Probably. I hope so. But James Patterson is leaps and bounds richer and more successful than Stephen King. And That's Stephen King insane. is a superb writer. I've read a few of his books. He's excellent. <laughs> and this was so rudimentary. It felt like a 12th grade creative writing elective. Some of the dialogue in this book, it's so cheesy and like predictable. And the way that they talk to each other is like cringe, but like not in a cute, good way. I'm just like, what is No, this? I was very confused. And so like over, okay, let's start with overall. Abby has about 40 pages left and she still hasn't gone to the big reveal. But overall, how, well, how would you rate this book out of five? I'm giving it a Overall, four. I would give it a four- because four out of five because i live in nashville and so it's really fun to read like the nashville storyline like they talk about a lot of places around the city that i recognize and i just love the idea of like a star rising to fame like i've always loved that trope like almost famous yeah. um a star a star is born country strong movies like that so for that reason i really like the storyline but when we break it down like we were getting nitty-gritty with the writing i'm like this ain't that great yeah. If I I give it a four too. And if I did not love country music, if I did not love Nashville, if I didn't love Country Strong, if I didn't mm-hmm. love um all of that Nashville the TV show, I probably wouldn't care for this book at all. It's the content that I'm here for. Yeah. And I feel like I have an issue. This is my might be a personal thing, but when the protagonist is kind of just like a little bit losery, like she <laughs> Loser she, on loser crime. She's obviously a strong woman, and they're always calling her fiery, like a spitfire, and blah, 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 blah. But everything just seemed to fall into her lap once she got to Nashville. I'm like, this is the most unrealistic thing. It was like she walked into a random bar and sang a song, and everyone was like, kid, you've got spunk and you've got talent. Meet Ruth Ryder. And then they got – Ethan got like a, a cane yeah. and like pulled out of her by the neck collar, shirt collar, and pulled her off stage <laughs> and said, meet Ruth Ryder. I also had an issue 
I had an issue with the name Ruthanna Ryder. I get it's a stage name, but it was a little too gimmicky for me. Like yeah. you don't carry underwood. There's nothing gimmicky about that. Dolly Parton. Reba McIntyre. Yeah, Reba McIntyre. There's nothing. And also Leanne Keys. Winona Judd. <laughs> Leanne Keys. That was gimmicky to me too. Like Annie uh, Lee Keys. Her name is Annie. Oh, Annie. Lee. <laughs> oh, I think <laughs> Leanne Ryder. Leanne Tui. <laughs> The blind side. <laughs> Annie Lee keeps no. even worse. Annie Lee's worse than Leanne. No, the names were for sure goofy. And then the guy's name was Ethan. That's the best I could come up with. Ethan. I know. And then all these quirky girl names. And then also she like walks into the studios for like the radio and she's like, Hi, I've got spunk. And they're like, you know what, kid? We're gonna put you on the radio. This is the best voice I've heard in a long time. And then somehow it's like still supposed to be modern day. She's like, social media. I don't care about that. She's like, my publicist wants me to send pictures, but she didn't say they had to be good. Okay. <laughs> like, please. What I'm going to give, and for running, I'm going to give a four second se- or four sentence summary basically of the book. Lee, Annie Lee is not Leanne Tui. Annie Lee Keys. She's running away from something. She's sleeping in bushes. She's basically homeless, she's homeless. when she comes to Na- Nashville. She's not homeless. Basically, she's homeless. She's homeless. <laughs> She's homeless when she gets to Nashville. She's starving. She doesn't even have two pennies to rub together. Walks into a dive bar. The bartender says, sure, girl, here's a guitar. Show me what you're made of. She gets up. Everyone drops their glasses. They shatter basically on the floor because that's how startling. She has the voice of an angel. She also writes her own music. And then somewhere along the line, there's a man named Ethan. And Ethan hears her in the bar. Ethan is a guitarist for a Dolly Parton-esque um singer in nashville uh, has been who's filthy rich and retired now because like a had, huge huge icon country yeah icon. Like any people that don't listen to country recognize this woman so like dolly parton um and he hears her and he goes to this lady ruthana the country singer and he's like you gotta hear this girl she's gonna be a star and then ruthana comes takes this girl <laughs> under her wing ruthana's daughter died tragically she takes this girl in there's a lot of back and forth this girl needs to learn to trust again um, and then ruthana has her, all these secrets yeah Ruth is like here use my recording studio and i'll supply all the money obviously she's filthy rich but still i'll pay all this she's like stay in my mansion too i'll pay all these band members to record an ep and i'm gonna put you in all the right rooms in nashville and new york city she signs the stuff she goes on tours opening with like kip moore-esque type of men and but she has i like how it was kip hart instead of kip moore (laughs) it's funny but then they like mentioned like actual people like tim mcgraw was playing they mentioned maren morris like four times i'm like who is plugging maren morris so hard at this book like, where is the Carrie Underwood stance? Yeah, um, Carrie Underwood, I, even though I adore her, has to stick up her ass. and Maybe she didn't want to be mentioned. Um, no, she actually was playing on the radio in the bar one time in oh. one scene. Um, yeah. And also, even if I didn't like country music, I love, like, a good dive bar and live music. Totally. And so There's that's another reason I liked it so much, I think. But I was going to say, so we're at the point right now where this girl, she's on her own mini tour now. And she's falling in love with Ethan. And Ethan has secrets. She has secrets. And you don't know anyone's secrets, but somehow there's still 40 pages, only 40 pages left in the book. Yeah. I'm like, we're getting to the very end of this book. This Her huge secret that she's keeping from everyone like from the reporters. Book. Yeah. It's like very clear that she's on the run from something in her past so much so that she had to change her name from Rose to Annie Lee. So Annie Lee's like a stage name, <laughs> oh, yeah. a fake name, a fake name that she is telling everybody is her real name. How- and obviously the truth's going to come out. I'm like, there's 40 pages left. Where is the resolution? How did she sign all those contracts and all those recording studios without having like an ID or a social security number? That because- is such a good point. Because- <laughs> Ruthana is like, what's her real identity when she runs away? And it's like, well, we can't even go to her record label because they don't know her identity either. Everyone's just taking this woman's at face value. She's like, maybe it's like she's signing. She's probably just like signing under like Ruthana's shit because that's the person getting her all these contacts. And a lot of people. And in show business, a lot of people to protect themselves will have the stage name and like they literally won't know your real name for privacy purposes. But like where – yeah, where is her like ID or like something, you know? And also just the way that – I have like so much to say. I want to know what this woman, this girl really sounded like. 
Yeah, you know? like how can it be that good? Like not Steven everyone Nicks was like dropping, but that was in a time when there was no social media and not access to everyone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it seemed like Stevie Nicks was wonderful. But now there's so many people that sing so wonderful. Yeah, so and like, they even say that in the book. They're like, it's hard to make it in this business. There's so many people rising to the top. Well, it doesn't seem hard for Annie Lee, okay? It seems like it's being handed to her like a piece of cake. Like, here you go. Here's your career, kid. Go make something of yourself. And also Annie Lee – refuses to tell her life-altering secret, yet everybody around her... Okay, this was one of my discussion questions, so I'll just say it. Um, I stole this from the redheads. The fact that um, Annie Lee won't give Ethan or anyone else in her life any info, yet everybody else is sharing all of this intimate information. Like, my daughter might have killed herself, Mm -hmm. is Ruthana's. Mm -hmm. Ethan's is, I (laughs) went to prison for being accused of strangling my almost ex-wife. Like, everyone is revealing (laughs) these big secrets, except for her. They're, like, trading currency. Jack is, like, Jack is Ruthana's old manager. He becomes Annie Lee's and he's like a good guy. And like he, it's evident he has a lot going on and they all become so intimately close that how is it okay that Annie Lee isn't trading currency? It's so true. And like everyone just like lets her be mysterious and they're like, oh, our mysterious girl. Like we just love her so much, even though we know literally nothing about her, but we're giving her the clothes off our back (laughs) and protecting her at all costs. It's like in the morning toast. Have you listened to the episode of the morning toast where they talk about their dog walker and one of the dogs is named Mystery? No. (laughs) Their dogs get walked with two big dogs and one big dog's named Butters and one is named Mystery. (laughs) That's really interesting. I can't see that that would ever come to mind when naming an animal. (laughs) Anyways, so I just like didn't like – so how do you feel about that, the fact that she was unwilling to trade currency? I think, yeah, it's weird, but some people are drawn to mysterious people. Like they want to figure them out, so they keep them around. And obviously, Ruthanna has a soft spot in her heart because she reminds her of her daughter. Yeah. That's a storyline I was saying before we started recording that I think I can really get behind. Like you lose a daughter at, yeah. in her, like, her young 20s, you find this other girl. Like, of course, you want to take her under the wing. But everything else is just a little too. I know books aren't supposed to be realistic. That's the point. It's like it's supposed to be fantasy. But it was just a little too much. And I was like, what's going on? And like, why do these people care about this stranger so damn much? Okay. Also, I kind of wish it had taken the different points of view a la One Day in December. Because it would have been nice to get the reveal of Ruthanna's daughter dying through her own thoughts. And like getting everything more – because this man – is not a dramatic writer. He's a thriller writer. So I kind of wish this whole book had very or much less thrill and was more of a Nashville drama and written (laughs) by a woman like Kristen Hanna, maybe. And she still could have had secrets in her past, but it didn't need to be like coming up in the present, like to develop the character. It could have been like, oh, she had like a lot of things she was running from and that slowly gets told over time, but it doesn't need to be like some man is breaking into your hotel room and you had to jump off the balcony. Running, chasing after her should have been like a sleeping with the enemy, the lucky one type of thing where it's like like her ex-husband, like an abusive husband type of vibe. And I think – and it should have been more of a straight-up drama. I should rewrite this (laughs) with different characters. If I were the author. (laughs) And maybe written by like a Kristen Hanna, Taylor Jenkins Reid type of person who's better at writing human emotion. Yeah. I could see that. I think it's fun that there's so much music intertwined, though. Totally. It I it, loved the whole industry It gives thing. the book, like, a different kind of feel. Like I love them mentioning the different areas of Nashville. I love mm-hmm. them talking about the different dive bars. I really liked all of that. Um, but they just should have leaned in more to certain stuff. And then yeah. also just the way <laughs> that she's, like, starving to death, but she's too proud to get help. Oh my like, God, I know. like Ethan's like have my fries and she's like no and she's like ready to pass out and she's literally starving to death and she's like mm, no thanks I don't need you yeah and like and then she goes and sleeps under her tree and she <laughs> sleeps under her tree instead of sleeping in Arizona's big house which I understand like that's a little weird taking that like grandiose like amount of help from a stranger mm-hmm. but she could at least have the fries that Ethan's offering I know come on like eat something um <laughs> Also, when she goes to the big photo shoot in LA and they're like, here, we're going to put you in a dress oh, yeah. and put some makeup on you. And she's like, what's happening? This isn't me. And she like goes and scrubs everything off and comes back in a t-shirt. Like, what the hell? There's no way this girl is pretty enough to be like on a Rolling Stone spread where she's kind of ungrateful at times. 
Yeah, she's like, I have to be true to myself. And then every five seconds, she's like, but I don't know what story I want to tell. I want to play the truth. (laughs) And do her and Ethan ever even, like, kiss? Not at the point where I'm at yet, and I have 40 pages left. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're certainly Um, not having sexual relations. Are there any more discussion questions that you want to get into, or should we get into the cast? Do you like the relationship between Ruthanna and Annie Lee? And who do you think needed who more? Oh. <laughs> well, certainly Annie Lee needed Ruthanna more. I'll tell you Are that. you sure? Because Ruthanna was kind of just bumbling around her house, literally recording records for ghosts for nobody. Okay, but here's my here's my thing. Ruthanna could have leaned more into mentoring Ethan or truly any other girl that came into her life in her young 20s who wanted to yeah, be a star. They're one in a dozen. They're everywhere in Nashville. You know what I mean? Like, they could have gotten introduced to any girl who wanted to make it. But – Annie Lee Keys, this girl from the streets, from deep in the woods of Arkansas, she needed someone to pluck her off and recognize her talent and bring her all of the fame and fortune that comes with someone who has that much pull in the business. So that's my that's my stance, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, I agree, especially once you find out what's going on and the fact that um, Annie Lee was sleeping in like trees in the park yeah um like she was not doing well (laughs) and she had little to no plan besides her spunk and she was like i'm just gonna win over this town yeah yeah um yeah all she had was spunk and a dream and (laughs) 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 and then also i had a bone to pick with the fact that um in the beginning of the book, Ethan shows up to work in Ruthanna's house as her guitarist, and this is, like, his first week on the job. And then flash forward, like, two weeks when um, Annie Lee's in the picture, and she's treating Ethan like a long-lost son or But hadn't she known Ethan for a long time? This is the plot hole where I'm getting confused. I thought but she I'm knew him for a long too. time, but he just started working for her. Okay, maybe. I was also going to say maybe more time is passing in between that and him discovering Annie Lee than we think is. And then, okay, do you think – that this is a James Patterson book with Dolly Parton influence? Or do we think that this is really, based on the writing, a Dolly Parton book with some James Patterson influence? Do you think she The only reason I would be able to answer that is if I had read more James Patterson and I knew his, like, cadence and his type of writing because I can't really tell. I just can tell you that I'm very unimpressed and unenthused (laughs) by the writing specifically. By the story, it's fine. The story is really good. I like the story. I think the writing is a little subpar. But for all of the love I have in my heart for Dolly, it's definitely worth the read, which is why I still give it a four. Um, And then I had already told you, but listening to the <laughs> – there's lyrics in the back for each song. And then if you listen to it on Spotify, I have a big bone to pick with the album that accompanies the book. It sounds like – Do you it think should, it's not good? <laughs> awful. It, it's all Dolly Parton, and it sounds like she should be more strumming a guitar, right? Strumming in a guitar with maybe minor, minor other musical influence, but guitar, mm-hmm. piano, lyrics. Kind of like country strong ending scene vibes, right? Right. The whole thing literally sounds like 80s, like folksy, banjo vibes. Like it's upbeat. It's uh, <laughs> it's completely upbeat. Damn. I can play it on my phone while we're on FaceTime, like half a second of something. Um, and I think that it would have even been smart if maybe in order to uh, help out the promo for this book before it ever came out, Dolly should have said like, I'm running a contest. You get to come on one song and like it'll be on this album. Oh, that would have been cool. Like a real Annie Lee Keys. Like a real Annie Lee Keys. <laughs> That's such a good idea, Ashley. It's mm-hmm. almost like you're in PR. And I just think it's like so dumb that she didn't do that. Okay. Let me think of a good one. Dark Knight. That could have been a really cool opportunity. I know, right? It would have been really cool if it was like an acoustic Spotify stripped down totally. version. And Studio it also, session. <laughs> it also makes sense for her to also have done the PR stunt to have someone do Annie Lee's parts. And she does Ruthana's parts because that's clearly her. Literally, yeah. 100%. Okay. For Annie Lee... I have, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, I have dun, da, 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 da. Riley Cuff, 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 and she is the Daisy Jones girl, but in this picture specifically, I can send it to you, and then obviously this will be on her Instagram as her cast list. Yes, thank you. Um, I could see that totally. Who do you have? For my Annie Lee Keys, I chose Dakota Johnson. Really? Yes, and there's many photos that I think very well fit the image I had for her in my head. Okay. 
I for my persona, um, I for the first like two chapters, I couldn't help because of the way she was speaking, picturing Dolly. But I was like, no, I right. got to get this out of my head. Like, I'm fairly confident it is not Dolly. Well, like, she's it says she has red hair. I know. So, but I went with Connie Britton in Nashville specifically because um, she's just such a superstar, and mm-hmm. she's also a little bit younger than Dolly Parton. She's like probably late fifties. Cute. I sent you the photo. My Ruthanna is Julianne Moore, and I'm sticking. Oh, to it. interesting. I think she'd be so good, and she's like she'd timelessly really, beautiful. And she'd also do really good with the emotional stuff about the daughter dying. Totally, totally. Um, okay, Ethan. Okay. Ethan, obviously, I chose Garrett Hedlund, but only in Country Strong. <laughs> but only Country Strong Garrett Hedlund. <laughs> Uh-huh. I chose him. How could it not be Garrett Headland? No, with literally. Him strumming in the dive bar at the end of the movie. I want to wear you <laughs> down. Talking out of the side of your mouth. Yeah, his little crooked smile. And also, um, just the way that I picture Garrett interacting with Connie Britton, I think could be really mm-hmm. well done. Yeah. I picture Luke Grimes, Yellowstone. It was the same person. Yeah. Who, yes, those men, sorry, they're, they're interchangeable. They're cousins. I can't explain it. Okay. And then for Luke, the manager, I chose Charles Esten, and he, I think he's in other stuff, but I know him from Nashville, um, which I'm, like I said, I'm shocked you haven't watched, and he's really handsome. And then also, like I said, did I mention this on the podcast or we talk about it personally, but the fact that they don't ever talk about who Ruthanna's um, deceased daughter's dad is, and they never talk about the extent to which her and Luke were romantically involved. Were they seriously involved? Like, uh, was he her boyfriend? Was he her husband at one point? Or has she just always been a manager with flirtation? Yeah, that's want, so true. Empty storyline. I can't believe this book. This book left me with more questions than I've ever been left with in my life about about the drama between the people. Also, I think it's coming out as a movie, though. I was looking at an article. It was like it picked up by Sony and I was like, does that mean – wait, did you say Charles Esten was who you picked? Yes. Okay. Well, that's who I was looking up right now. I literally was like the dad (laughs) from Outer Banks. Who is it? Oh, I know him from – from what they called. Yeah, from Nashville. That's weird. That's two – we have the same brain. That's two cast members we picked. There's another picture of him, but he doesn't look as handsome in this one. (laughs) That's terrifying. Okay, well, that has to be him then. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure him. It's like when we chose Daisy Edgar Jones for Verity season. Honestly, I thought about Daisy Edgar Jones for Annie Lee for like five seconds, but uh-huh. she's just a little too plain Jane for me for this type of role. Yeah, I completely forget that that man is in Outer Banks. All right, so if you can't tell, Ashley and I are very passionate about this story. Um, if this made you want to go read the book, four star. This is a four star thing. Yeah, imagine a five star. Please go read this book if you're interested in everything we had to say, and then let us know what you think. DM us, tell us how you feel about the book, and if you had similar ideas to us for the cast, etc., etc. But now we're going to move on to our next portion of the evening, which is talking about fitness and body image and comparison and all those things that are so important to talk about because. This is something I've struggled with forever. Ashley knows. Take it away. <laughs> Take it away, Glenn on the keys. <laughs> Take it away, Glenn. No, yeah, um, I was going to do it. Okay. I'll start by saying I used to view exercise and working out as such a punishment, as such a negative thing for – and like something that I did to change myself, to change my body mm-hmm. as opposed to something that's a sweet, beautiful gift that is so good for you and helps your mental health, your physical health, and a reward for – being young and healthy and like getting to live this amazing life that we are given, which is how I view it now. But let me tell you, that transition of mindset took so long Mm -hmm. and I used to never work out in college. Also, I just feel like a lot of people, it's not like their number one priority in college is like being super fit. I believe it was first semester of senior year. I was like, you know what, you guys, how much does it cost to go to the gym here on campus? And you guys are like, well, it's been free for the past four years that we've been here. So that shows how much you've hysterical. You thought it cost money. I thought it would cost like 10 bucks a month or something. I don't know. Because I went to the Something's workout. So the, I went to the fitness classes and you had to pay for those technically. Oh, that's true. You had to buy like a pass. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So who was I to know? Yeah. Who was I? That's yeah, just how so much I worked out in college. In college, I just never cared to. Like I'd go on walks and that was it. Like but not even consistently. Like I would just, you know, every now and then I'm like, I guess I'll get outside. 
But now I'm such a fitness junkie. I literally can't imagine my life without going to the gym all the time. I don't know how you have dealt with body image or if that's really affected you that much. It hasn't really affected never- me. I'll be transparent. It hasn't yeah, really that's affected fine. me. And I think that – I think I've always been in reasonably – like good shape like I don't get out of breath like going for a hike or climbing upstairs <laughs> like yeah and I also like just a small person I'm, like you don't take up smaller. that much space yeah um sometimes I feel like I do um <laughs> but I feel like when we were in the throes of quarantine and we just got we were like kind of depressed and we were like okay well we have nothing to do but look our best and <laughs> I think for me the getting more into working out comes from like a vanity standpoint where mm-hmm. like I can't, you know that how I'm uh uh have an addiction to like dessert. <laughs> right. I don't call it think, what it is, Jake. <laughs> I call it what it is, Jake. I don't think that if I was not working out, like things would take a drastic turn. However, I am aware that I'm getting older, so I must work out to like maintain like a reasonable appearance mm-hmm. in my personal eyes. Um, and then also as I've said many a time before. In quarantine, our best friend Katie drilled it onto us. Every time you work out, you're putting a check in your living longer bank. So it's that. It's equal parts living longer. And like I never want to be the person who's out of breath, like climbing mm-hmm. upstairs. I never <laughs> I never want to be the person that's like, hold on, guys, can we take a break on a hike? So it's like that type of thing, wanting to always, I don't know, just be somewhat mm-hmm. in shape. And then it's also honestly vanity a little bit. But yeah. not to bad. Not to my definition. Yeah. I also think – Actually, a study just came out. I was talking with my roommate about it. If you work out more than 30 minutes a day, you are supposed to live like five years longer than the average person or something like that, which is crazy. That's nice because they say every cigarette takes 25 minutes off your life. So it's like it balances out. <laughs> I give and a take. I give and a take, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, but actually. And then also, I used to have a lot of trouble working out alone. That's another one. And, like, just, like, getting distracted and all that nonsense. Um, and then I've gotten a lot better at that. Like, it's just me getting better at it. Just fo- be more focused and not having someone hounding me. Right. I think the biggest thing for me that was surprising once I started getting really into fitness was actually the huge impact it made on my mental health. Everybody says this. Everybody throws it around like a term like, oh, when you exercise, it's good for your mental health. And I'm like, what does that even really mean? But when I started exercising super consistently, I have been such a happier person with such a better outlook on life. And really the endorphins thing, it ain't a joke. Like it's a real thing. When you get done with whatever workout you might be doing, you feel so much more purposeful. And it is really nice to see like, oh, three weeks ago, like, I don't know, I felt a lot more out of breath running this much or doing X, Y, Mm -hmm. and Z. Um, but I definitely go through phases also, phases where like I don't work out for like three weeks. And then I'm right now on one where I'm addicted to going to the gym. Good. And in like three months, I'll probably take a break again. Yes. And then the other thing other than the mental health is the confidence boost it's given me. And that doesn't come from the fact that I look better than I used to. It comes from the fact that I keep the promises I make to myself. And this is a big topic we talked about, I think, previously on the podcast at some point. But the way to build confidence in yourself is to keep promises you make. So if you tell yourself, I am going to get up and go to this, you know, 8 a.m. workout class or I'm going to go to the 5.30 workout class and you go and you do it and you accomplish that thing, it's kind of like making your bed every day. It's like a thing that you check off your mental list that you're like, I did this. I accomplished something. And feeling accomplished is just few and far between in our 20s, if we're being honest. Like a lot of people, just the generic average Joe, we're not accomplishing that many crazy things yet. And so just accomplishing small tasks every day, like making time for yourself and focusing on your health and taking time to do that, like it really makes me feel like such a more confident person as if I could be any more confident than I already am. (laughs) And I want to go back a little bit to how you said you had body image issues. Do you want to dive into that a little bit and how you maybe felt about them when you weren't working out versus when you first started versus now and all that good stuff? Of course. I feel like body image is a topic that affects pretty much every girl to some extent, whether it just be a little bit or, you know, God forbid, it's something that's huge and plagues you and causes things like eating disorders, whatever. And I just kind of thought it was normal. I thought everybody was like crying themselves to sleep because they hated the way they looked and things like that, like in high school. Some people cry for different reasons. It depends. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. No, it was really bad in uh-huh. high school. I think it started in middle school and then high school was like the brunt of it. That's when it was the worst. Um, and then like in middle throughout- school, is because you were just like taller and just like bigger than everyone else? Um, I think so. It's always stemmed from, I think, being like the biggest girl in the room, which like, sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and I've done a lot of work on myself. I've done some therapy. I've done some journaling. I've got into fitness. You know, I've leaned into my faith, like different things that have helped me really overcome it over the years. But I think it's going to be a constant battle and it really does come in waves. Like I had a bad day just the other day, a body image day. And a lot of it is coming from social media because if I were to just not use social media, I think I would be so fine with myself. Like who the hell cares? But in high school, it was so, so bad. All I wanted to do was be small and petite and it really plagued me the way that my genetics, the cards that I was like dealt basically. Yeah. Like I'm never going to be a small person. Like I am built like your an dad athlete. Off. Yeah, my dad (laughs) played rugby for 30 years, played college football. Like, I just have some big genetics in my family. I'm never going to be like a small, wiry, dainty, delicate girl. Like, that's never going to happen no matter how skinny I get. Um, And so I used to go on like these weird dieting cycles where I would like be super strict with what I ate, not necessarily like barely eating, but just what I ate. Like, I wouldn't allow myself to have any sweets or anything that was like enjoyable in life. And I would try to stick to a really strict diet. And then I would let myself have these weird cheat days where I would basically like binge junk food because I was like, this is my one day to like eat it. And it was horrible. It was so toxic. And later I learned it's literally an eating disorder. (laughs) So lovely, toxic relationship with food I used to have. But luckily, I mean, it could have been so much worse. I've seen like way, way worse. So I always downplayed it. I'm like, I don't have enough issues to like make this a real thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, I've come so, so far with my struggles with it. Um, and I can kind of turn it off when I know that like I'm starting to spiral. When I'm starting to like think negative things, I've kind of learned to take a breath or get outside of myself or go outside or talk to someone I love or whatever. But Back in high school, I did not have those good coping mechanisms and things were really dark for a while. And it just seemed so stupid when you think about it. Like it really is so dumb. Like our bodies are just vessels. They're here to like carry our souls. And what matters is how the kind of people we are and like how we interact with others and how we leave the world, you know. But unfortunately, this is just an issue that like every girl goes through. And I feel like nobody talks about it enough. And then – what what made you start getting into fitness? Um, honestly, boredom is probably the first answer because in college we were so busy. Like we packed our schedules with so many things between classes and social activities. There was no time for me to like really prioritize it. Um, or at least I just didn't really want to. And then over quarantine, when I moved back home, I had no friends in the town that my parents moved to because I didn't grow up there. So I was like, what the hell am I going to do with all this time? Mm-hmm. And so I just started going to the gym with my dad and then slowly but surely was learning more and more. And then I made friends with it and it became more of a social thing. So I would go with a couple of my friends to the gym and my my home friend, Andrew, he was really into fitness. So I had him like basically train me. Like he taught me how to use all the machines and like how to do mm-hmm. certain lifting workouts, which was really fun because it's always fun to learn new skills. Um, and then when I came to Nashville – I knew that I needed to find community and a lot of people, as cheesy as it is, find community in gyms and like fitness classes. So I started going to a bunch of different fitness classes all over the place, trying all different kinds of things. And I eventually found Tidal where I do a lot of like boxing and CrossFit type work, which is really fun. Did you notice notice that your body image, the way you thought about yourself, how long do you feel like it took you personally for when you first started working out? back home to kind of have the mental switch um I mean and like also like a light you, switch and also like how did you like drive home mentally the switch oh like um, both questions well, it definitely wasn't like night and day it wasn't black and white yeah. it was a very gradual thing like day in and day out you just have to keep showing up for yourself and I think the fact that I was investing in my health and in my body um and showing up for myself, I really gained a lot of confidence in it. And I really completely altered the image I had of fitness and of myself in that way, because I didn't used to consider myself a gym girl. And then after a while, I'm like, 
I go to the gym almost every day. I am a gym girl. Like I don't care if I feel like I still don't really know what I'm doing at the gym. That doesn't matter. Like I invest in my health and I work out and I make it a priority. And so once I changed that image of myself in my head, it became something that I looked forward to and was really exciting. I think the biggest key is finding what type of exercise you actually enjoy, like not doing certain exercises because it's trendy or because your friends like it or because you think you should. Like if you hate running – don't run. You don't have to run. Nobody says you have to go on runs and that has to be your workout. Find weightlifting or find cycling or hot yoga or whatever it might be. There's so many different ways to invest in your health. Um, And I think once I learned that and I could just kind of lean into what I really liked, it made it a lot more fun too. But then I started to view my body as like this really strong vessel that I was, again, putting like money into a piggy bank for like my health and my longevity. And once I started viewing my body as that, it kind of took the materialistic view of it away a little bit. Like I wasn't looking at it as just something to be attractive to others or on social media or whatever. It was like, I'm so strong. I'm working out to get stronger and see progress in that way. And I just became so grateful for like all of my able limbs. Like I'm able-bodied, I'm young, I'm healthy, and that's something to be really grateful and celebrated. And I never used to think about that that way either. That's lovely. It was kind um, of a long rant, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's wonderful. And then, do you feel like, like, how do you view food now? I think my relationship with food. You should restrict has- your like. You don't restrict yourself with Jenny's ice cream. I could tell you that. (laughs) No. I think I am grateful for all of the abundance of information that is on the internet, even though the internet, of course, can be so toxic if you let it. But I've learned a lot about um, not just fitness, but also about nutrition and having a balanced, healthy diet and like the 80-20 rule. Are you familiar with that? It's basically like – you choose to eat healthy, nutritious things 80% of the time and then 20% of the time you can eat like, you know, fun things that are like desserts and frivolous how about, things that you don't How about 60-40? How about 60-40? <laughs> I mean, that's a good start. It's like whatever really works for you. But once I kind of switched to the 80-20 type mindset, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not like sh- super strict with it. I'm not like tracking everything I put in my body. Yeah, yeah. But that helped me to have more of a balance, I think. Um, and then also I just feel better like mental clarity physically when I eat pretty healthy. Yeah. And I'm not like a drink a green smoothie every morning kind of girl, I was but about I'm also to like let's just not snack on chips all day either, you know. I was about to say because you're a gym rat now, um, <laughs> but I don't feel like you're running gym around rat. like uh, the police making sure that you are restricting X, Y, and Z calories or dessert or even alcohol, honestly, to You're not running around being careful with that. I will say it's been really interesting learning about like how to actually build muscle and the science behind that. It made me kind of almost wish I majored in something that was like nutrition or something, whatever, which I don't think I would have wanted to do after college, but it it would have been nice to take a class and like learn it because I think it's so fascinating. But I do really prioritize protein in my diet, which is a big deal. And it's always like this ongoing joke, but I literally try to get like 110 grams of protein a day, which is really difficult to do yeah i mean nothing to me right now um <laughs> not there yet <laughs> macros and stuff <laughs> macros and stuff mean nothing to me right now um interesting hmm. yeah yeah so i feel like it's just an ongoing learning process and the more i learn the more interested i become i'm not saying i'm gonna drop everything and become a personal trainer but i do think that'd be so fun <laughs> I also think that I work out because I'm thinking long term when I'm like 40. I want to look really good and feel really good mm-hmm. at 40. I don't want to. And you can't just like start when you're 40 because then you're already so behind. No, a thousand percent. So I think it's useful for me to build a foundation now because let's be honest, I'm not going to be a young mom. I'm not having a kid at 24. I'm going to probably have a right. kid at 34. So <laughs> like I so don't we're already want... step behind. <laughs> so we're already a step behind. Um, I just want to like look and feel good in my 40s. So I figure now is as good a time as any to start. Right. Yeah. I think that's so true. And it's like you're investing in yourself, you're investing in your future. And I want the same thing from my future life partner. I'm not saying they have to be like an absolutely jacked human being, but I want yeah, them to well. value fitness and taking care of themselves because that shows that A, they respect themselves and their bodies and B, they care about their life and health and longevity too. So if I expect that of my partner, 
I would think that I should at least uphold my end of the bargain. And I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We're both married men and men, it just is so much easier for them to get fit and stay it's like criminal, reasonably fit. And, you know, they go into the gym for a week and they've already um, looked 10 times better than they did before. And it takes Have women months seen- and months. <laughs> I'm sure I'm so much more on gym TikTok than you are. Like every other video is nope. like workouts and stuff. But there are certain ones that we I should think, actually like, compare and contrast our for you pages soon because yeah, mine is be all fun. like fun looks, vac- vacations, books, outfits, like dinner parties, like stuff like that. Like I mean, I have all that too. But, it's like but I have no, stuff. I have no gym stuff. None. Yeah, m- <laughs> mine is so much gym stuff lately. But there will be couples that do seventy five hard together, and it's like the guy and the girl, and that's like a really strict thing where you focus on your mental health and you're like reading every day. You do two forty five minute workouts, no alcohol, no cheat days. Um, basically, like drink a gallon of water a day. There's like all these rules. And the the difference between the men between the 75 days and the women, both of them always look great. Like they have a huge, amazing transformation. But the men drop weight so easily. It's criminal. Who can tell us why? Faster metabolisms? Like what is it? More muscle naturally? Um, well, they have testosterone and we don't. And testosterone is like a really powerful hormone that like helps you build muscle and lose fat quicker. Oh, I understand. Well, I've always been good at not snacking. I'm naturally not a snacker whatsoever. Chip, yeah. never heard of her unless we're like having a barbecue and there's like chips and dip. Um, I know but the I like thing is still like I don't, I don't go snack. out and like buy junk food for the house. But when I'm at a f- social gathering where there are junk food options, I kind of go crazy still a little bit because I'm like, oh, I never buy this for myself. I'm just going to eat it all right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat everything in sight. The only thing I go crazy for really is desserts. And I've even gotten to a point though, this is called growth. I've gotten to a point where if I, maybe toxic growth, where if the dessert does it, isn't honestly like that good, it's like, why am I wasting calories on this if it doesn't even taste that good? Like I would never, no, I would never open point. up or I would never have like, for example, like I like a certain kind of donuts. I don't like the really sugary kind and I would never eat it just because it's there and it's a dessert because why would I waste calories on something that I don't even like very much? So, or money too if you have to buy it. Like why would I Oh, money? yeah, yeah. But if it's just like sitting there at like a party, it's like if this isn't good, I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> the standards for desserts are going up in our 20s. Yeah, the standards you for heard it here first. Going up. Like, um, yeah, there's a When you're a kid, it's like any sugar in sight. Yeah. And now it's like, do I really need this? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, anything else to contribute about your body image struggles? Um, I would just say, as someone who has really struggled with it Been and through has the ringer, done a lot of work on myself, if you are young and you're listening to this and you're currently going through that same thing, it really does help to talk about it. Like, just to get it out of your head and onto paper or talk to a therapist or counselor or someone who doesn't know you and love you like a therapist who like is an objective third party I really think that helped me a ton because obviously I talked to my mom a lot about it growing up and like I think it really plagued her because yeah because your parents it's like what was I supposed to do what could I have done what what am I doing wrong and your mom obviously loves you unconditionally and she thinks you're so beautiful because she's your mom and she made you and she's seen you grow up. And so it's like hard for her to like be impartial. And then same with your friends. I mean, they love you and they know you for the person that you are, not just for what you look like. And so talking to an impartial third party, I think, was really helpful for me. So if that's something that you struggle with, I highly recommend. What about if your partner or best friend is someone that struggles with all of this stuff? Now, switch gears. I think (laughs) we need to make sure we are checking in on the people we love, especially if we know that they're struggling with something specific. Hmm. Um, And it's never embarrassing or awkward to be like, hey, I know you've been struggling with this. Like, how are you doing? Or where's your head at lately? Or is there anything that you feel like has been bothering you that you want to talk about? Like, people are just so scared to have conversations like that because it's just easier to kind of like skirt along the surface and just go through the motions and stuff. But that's how people like develop depression and anxiety because they just aren't talking about it enough. And so just like normalize checking in on the people you love. That was beautiful, Abby. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for giving me this platform and this time to share my story. (laughs) We also talk, do an even deeper dive more so into like the eating disorder side of things on episode maybe six with Sabrina. Six? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was one of our first episodes. Oh, good heavens. With Sabrina? Let's go find the next one. Was it with Sabrina? 
<laughs> I mean, look at it really quick. Yeah, sweat it with Sabrina. It was literally one of our first episodes. That's she was crazy. nervous, and maybe we were too. <laughs> Sometimes we still are. Sometimes we still are. Um, it was obviously season one. It was episode. Okay, six was a little dramatic. It was 10 and 11. <laughs> okay, no, that's still so early, though. It's still dramatic. Um, but we could do, like, even deeper two-part dive into all of this good stuff. Okay, amazing. Did you forget well, where you were right now? <laughs> no, I was just thinking about everything we talked about. Someone give you a lobotomy? We covered a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I hope everyone has a really great weekend. And if you're looking for a new book to start, Run, Rose, Run or 28 Summers. Is that what it's called? That's our next one. 28, 28 Summers. Summers. Read along with us. Ellen. We'll discuss it. We're going to put the cast list up on the Instagram as we always do. You guys can vote on who you would rather it be cast as. And if you're struggling with anything having to do with your fitness journey or your personal body image stuff, you can honestly DM the podcast if you want. I'll chat with you. Hell. Yeah. Let's have some conversations. Send it straight to her inbox. We love to talk. That's why we have a podcast. Anyways, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Let's also plug the Amazon storefront. (laughs) Ashley, are you serious right now? Okay. Uh So everyone, I am becoming an official influencer, if you will. I have set up my Amazon storefront. Um, <laughs> Only no if you will. Big deal. Um, if you go to my TikTok, just go with it, dot podcast, which is technically our TikTok, but mostly it's me just throwing out my videos all day. Um, I have my thing linked there in the link tree. So if you are looking for any boot, fashion, fitness, skincare, um, home decor items. I have all my favorites linked on there. So help a girl out, support your favorite podcaster and find my Amazon storefront and use it. All right. And we will see you all next week.